the only person that's winning is that hotel manager, man. He's watching you. Mm. If you, Next time you're in the poker room, just look up at the cameras because someone is watching you. And that's the hotel manager. He's like, thank you. Cha-ching. Mm. Cha-ching. Thank you very much. Like not, and it's like, and everyone thinks, oh, but I only bet 50 bucks. I only bet 20. Mm-hmm. I only bet 10. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that adds up, man. Some beautiful amounts of money. Yeah, it does. And that's like, unless you break it down like that and you, you if you say you're doing it for fun you need to check yourself you need to check yourself mm. because it's it's a it's a silly man's game man that's glenn draper these days he's a dedicated family man who won't touch a drink a total 180 from the wildly destructive life he once lived glenn is a recovering drug and gambling addict who used to pride himself on pushing the limits of excess his relationship with gambling started at a young age and exploded when he entered manhood. Played pokies. This is going to be, this is going to blow your mind, but I reckon probably four times a week, at least for 10 years. He pumped hundreds of thousands through the pokies, lived paycheck to paycheck, chasing cheap highs and desperately lacked love and purpose in his life. It was a road that was leading to a sad end, but fortunately for Glenn, he found a strong enough reason to change and pulled himself out of a tailspin. Now I'm a dad and I've sobered up and I'm a good boy. I'm a good dad. I'm no longer try hard. I'm a genuine good person. I I love things for what they are and, and people love me for who I am. And that's what I finally realized. There are a few mistakes Glenn hasn't made and many things he's not proud of, but he's not shying away from it and doesn't let it define the man he is today. Glenn's telling his story because he wants to be an example to others who are in that trap that there's a way out. And he wants to spread the message to young men that gambling isn't a game. Welcome to Young Blood, a podcast all about young men's health. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our mission to talk about the stuff that matters and isn't talked about enough. Let's do it. This episode has been made possible by Kookaburra Homes, the home builder that cares about the community. Kookaburra is big on investing in projects that support mental health and is an awesome supporter of Youngblood's mission to improve the lives of young men by opening up these conversations that we need to have. When was the first time you gambled? Oh, straight off, just like that. (laughs) Um, Oh, man, going to Oak Bank races and grabbing $10 off my old boy and just going and putting a, a bet on a horse. No worries at all. Like, no worries at all. I was... 13, 13, has to be 13, like 13, maybe 14, going to Oakbank and then just yeah, going hard and <laughs> did it, was, did it I was get with up? my older brother. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't know. Nah, I would have remembered if it got up. Nah, I would have lost like most of them. <laughs> but that, but, that didn't stop you. <laughs> oh, hell no. No, no, no. That was just a little, little taste, I suppose. That was, yeah, that was the first bit of exposure was at the track, you know, like. It's only, you know, maybe two or three times a year in Adelaide that you have the big races like Adelaide Cup and, and Oak Bank was always a great one with the family and that full festival environment in the middle and then you get over to the other side and there's just, that's where all the punting's going on and mm. drinking. And what was your family's attitude towards gambling? Um, oh, look, it's just, it's just part of our culture, isn't it? Like it's just part of their culture, how they've been, you know, their whole lives, I suppose, as well. It's just... It was just there and, you know, we celebrate the Melbourne Cup and we celebrate these big horse races and, and you know, AFL sporting event. The, the gambling wasn't there for AFL 
back then. You know what I mean? I don't think it might have been, but not. Wasn't as easy. Yeah, it wasn't as easy. Yeah. So, but that was the first bit of gambling, I suppose. Thirteen, fourteen. You know. And were your parents big punters, or they just had a flutter? Nah, nah. My old man, like most old boys, they they read the little, they read the the guide and. They they think they know it all on the day, but they're just you know they're having, a, having never a comes through. Yeah, it never never really comes through. They're not making millions off it. Yeah, are that's they? part like, of the fun. Unless really. unless you unless your old man's just like a, a head trainer. Yeah, you're not going to be. You're like you're talking yeah, absolute yeah. shit. You're talking shit. Like, <laughs> I look back now. I'm like, oh my god, he's got the guy. He must know what he's talking yeah. about. I'll get a tip nah. off him. Nah. Do you remember the feeling? Did you get the buzz off it? Nah, no, nah, I wouldn't have got the buzz. No way. Like. It was just because it wasn't my money and it was just kind of, it was like, um, it was pretty much just like how your parents give you $10 going a ride. That's kind of what it was like. You know, it was just, I was, old boy was betting or whatever. And I was going, let me have a turn, let me have a turn. And I did it. And I went up to the bookie and the bookies aren't going to check your ID. There's bloody money coming everywhere. And I was a bit taller, bigger lad. And he's just taking the money and that was it. You know, I got the ticket, went back to dad, probably gave him the ticket. And then, you know, just watch the race. Yeah. And money doesn't that's mean, mean anything to you. And that's anything, it. Money yeah. at that time, you're like, ah, I could have bought a hot dog and a Coke would be the same thing, you know? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It was kind of just move on from there, you know? Later on, it got a bit hectic. How did it develop? Yeah. So when I was 15, I'd moved back from WA. I'd spent some time over there. I'd, I'd been a naughty kid, essentially. Um, and my parents shipped me off and I, I went to a private school, a, a boarding school in WA. Um, and I kind of, yeah, didn't really sharpen up. I was still a bit naughty, but street smart in a way as mm. well, you know, like, but mixing with the older kids and, and always wanting to be an adult when I was young, you know, like I always wanted to be 18, 19 and just live that life and where you can gamble and you can, you can you know, bit of excitement with, go, the, go see the, hookers like whatever like all that stuff. I was you, just fascinated. You were like, looking for the, the danger and the edge yeah, and the yeah, adventure. Yeah. I was like, it's like, it's cool being a kid, but. Like what they're doing is nuts. Like that's so good. Like I used to mm. think, like, look at my parents or whatever. I love my parents. So you, but like, they, you put that on a big pedestal, that yeah, freedom. The freedom and mm. like the the ability to, yeah, just go out and just do whatever you want, whenever you want it, you know, like not having anyone tell you off, you know. I was still getting in trouble if I do the wrong thing. Obviously I got sent away to boarding school. But <laughs> um and that kind of helped. Like I my grades were ridiculous. Like I went from you know, public school and went over there and went to private school. I learned a lot about finance, like, but I was peddling, I was pushing drugs and yeah, I was, I was doing a bit of everything that you shouldn't be doing at that mm. age. You know, I was just very developed and, um, the gambling was definitely, you know, around the circles there, we'd play a bit of poker and stuff like that. I remember being in the, in the boarding house, just playing poker with you know small change and stuff, but it was like you're in prison, right? Like, oh man, it was, yeah. But it was you, crazy time. you liked sort of being that guy. Yeah, I was always into the, the shady I stuff. I was always, and, yeah, the shady like. But I was like younger, but I would act older, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like You just thought it was cool. I, yeah, I just thought it was cool. And I thought I was the coolest guy. I look back and I'm like, I was a douche. I was a full on <laughs> douche. I don't, I don't like people who are like me back then yeah. because it's like I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Trying too hard. Yeah, I was a try hard. Mm. Full on try hard. My brother calls me the try hard. <laughs> now I'm a dad and I've sobered up and i'm a good boy i'm a good dad i'm no longer try hard i'm a genuine good person i i love things for what they are and and people love me for who i am and that's what i finally realized and yeah so i can put all the other the gambling the high risk stuff i can put it away you know but 
but it's taken some work. It's to get taken. To that point. <laughs> it's I've survived my teens and I survived the twenties, and the start of the thirties I was still bad. You know, it's only been the last two three years that I've sharpened up and and really took a took a step back and and looked in at who I was and um, answered a lot of questions that needed to be asked and mm. yeah, it's good, man. It's like I'm in a you can tell I'm in a good spot. Like yeah. I, I mentally, I'm in a good spot. You're glowing. I'm glowing. Thank so, you. how did it progress from those poker games with you know a few dollars on the table mm. to full on gambling? Yeah, like all right. So it was um, the the pokies. They're non-existent in Perth. Like you can only play the pokies. Um, pokies are the problem. The, 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 were my big problem. So the pokies in WA non-existent except in the casino. So that was not an issue there. Um, I didn't go to the TAB and, and betting horses or anything like that in WA. I was a, a school kid, you know. I was just like that. Nah. Little bit of little bit of shit around the um, dorm rooms and all that. But you wanted people to see, like, yeah, like you were that. I guy. was a baller, man. Like yeah. I had heaps of money. I had so much money. Like I had, like through my from your team there nef nefarious was, activity. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Pet I was the. I was bootlegging alcohol, man. Like I was going to the bottle and getting like cases of bourbon and bringing them back into the dorm house and people would come into my room and I'd open up and I'd just have a shot, man. I'd have bourbon and vodka and an ounce a week always. Yeah. And so, so people would just be And like, that was your identity. That was my identity. This, this, and I was this grimy hustler and yes. you're like, I'm so sick. But I was also like in center forward in the first 18. Okay. You know, bowling in the first 11. Yeah, I was just, I, I don't know. I was just. Trying to do everything, trying yeah. to keep everyone happy. That's what I was like. And I was like that for a long time until a couple of years ago. And, and trying to be your archetypal version of what it was yeah. to be a man and the, exactly. the manliest I was, man. Yeah, I was trying to be that, you know, the alpha male, mm. the big dog. Where did that, that come from? Dog. Like from the movies? <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's weird, man. Where would it come from? Yeah, maybe you just, I could just. Smoking, like smoking dope, maybe just took me to another place. Like I was high a lot of that time, so it was like, when I'm high, I'm, I'm like, I'm unbeatable, and that's what I felt like. That was, it was like my super drug, you know. To start off, I was just high, and I would, I would probably do things that people would regret, like massively. Like I did things that I'm very embarrassed about, and not many people know. And but yeah, that would just allow me to be whatever. And I was like, and then I could always go like, oh well, I was stoned. You know, like, yeah. So it was that excuse as well. It was always an excuse. Mm -hmm. I used it as my superpower, but my excuse. But like, you felt yeah. like it was a big part of what built up your persona. Yeah. was coming from that. Yeah, and it was all coming from that. And I was like, it was fueling this like, this like character. I was. It was. It was a character. Yeah. You know, like I was. I had these alter egos and and everything like that. It was. It was weird. And like, gambling's part of it, and drugs is part of it. Drinking's part of it. You know, it's all kind of. And you're trying to keep up this sort of front mm, as well. Yeah. Were you and able like, to? Did you did you think that was you? Did you were you under the uh, delusion that you were the same? Or did you feel like you were putting on putting on a mask or putting it on? Yeah. Looking back now, I can honestly say I've I knew I was putting it on because I wasn't happy when I would be alone. I never liked to be alone. You like I the always attention. liked to the attention. Yeah. yeah. I always wanted approval, and like later on in life, I realised that's what it was. Mm. My like my old man left my my. Real father left when I was young, right? And all I ever wanted was an answer to that. And then like, why did he leave? How could dad leave? How could my dad leave? Like, but at the end of the day, it didn't matter. That didn't matter. That was I was kind of molding and shaping my own being. And uh, I always wanted to be in control. I've always been 
the captain or vice captain of the team, you know, like leading from the front, you know, stuff like that. Try and, yeah, I failed a lot because I said I was going to do stuff and never actually went through with that. That's my biggest flaw in life is that I said I was going to quit or I said I was going to do this and then I just, and just like shit on it, you know? Mm. And that's where I've, yeah, I, I beat myself up because that's what I was like, you know, and now I'm trying just so hard at, at being that person that if you say you're going to do it something. follows through. Yeah. 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 What was the first time you played the pokies then? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, first time I 100% remember it was at the Duck Inn, um, Coromandel Valley. Beautiful place. Um, I had my first beer there as well, probably around the same time, you know, when, I, when I'd come back. I was already drinking, but it was mm. the first time at the pub buying a beer over the bar, you know. <laughs> and I, yeah, went there, had a meal with my parents. They were playing the pokies. They loved it. They loved the gamble. You know, at the time, they had, you know, disposable income, whatever. Mm. Um, so when you went out for dinner, they'd go and yeah. have a... Yeah, yeah, thing. you just have a flutter, like a lot of lot of people do, you know, have a bit of a flutter and stuff. And I wasn't going to sit there, you know. I was old enough. I was, you know, drinking a beer probably at the table. It was, I'd kind of, you know, matured. I was working by then as well. You know, I was working a full-time job, so I was like... You know, I went in there and, and, yeah, just joined my parents and sat next to mum and it's so good. Like it was, I remember just the lights and everyone in there was happy. You know, it wasn't like as it progressed, it ended up being like the dungeon, you know, mm. like you're going in the dirty old pokey room. And everyone else in there and everyone is not in there happy. Is just like not happy in there. Like get free games, you need to have a durry. Mm. You know, it was just was like that, it was a beautiful <laughs> place. Was like, that just the way you saw it with your... Innocent eyes yes, at that time. Yeah, of course, yeah, man. Yeah. It's like you didn't go there on, really, a, on a good day. Yeah, no, it wasn't. A, <laughs> it's I wasn't never a good in day. a great mood. Yeah. I was just like, I was a kid in the candy store, man. It's like mm. I liked gambling. Mm. I liked gambling before then, but I'd never had it like you can go any time and put a dollar in and there's a chance you can win a um, hundred dollars mm. in the free games. And I was like, this is sick. Like this is actually so cool. Like, and the lights there and the features and my parents explained, you know, like, oh, if you get three of those, you get three games. And I'm like, well, what is, you know, oh, if you get three games, it's times by three. So if you win something, it's times by three and you win heaps of money. And it's like, shit, like, it's just like. It's You're like, there's no cool. downside. Like, no, no, I was just like, <laughs> well, you, you you can't lose. Like, yeah, I, we jo I joke about that with friends. It's like, yeah, if I was, you know, you got to play pokies because you just can't lose. Like, it's just what you don't lose on. Like, but you do, kids, you do. Yeah. You do. But, so how did that develop from there? Did you have a win that first day? Um, yeah, yeah. I remember had a had a sneaky win. I reckon it was it was Indian Dreaming. I remember I played Indian Dreaming, got three games and and won about twenty bucks and it was a pat in the back. I was only betting twenty twenty or twenty five cents. It would have been twenty five cents on there. So one credit, twenty five lines, yeah. Mm. And uh yeah, got three games, won some money and then gave it to mum and but I was just like, this is sick and every time we'd go We'd go there, you know, once a week or once a fortnight and, and they'd do the same thing and it'd be just there. Mum gives a couple of dollars and I'd go off and I'd play the machine. And I became friendly with the staff, you know, I was drinking coffees. I mean, I was drinking hot chocolates, you know. And this is why I hate the ducking now because they didn't have karaoke. They didn't have, they had a pool table, they got rid of it. Mm. They didn't have any entertainment in that place. Because they right? wanted you to be in that room. Because they wanted to be in that pokey room. They wanted that renovation. Mm. That's what every place is like. But they didn't have the entertainment for me out there. There's no kids' corner. There's no kids. I'm not going to go colouring a book that they provided. Like, mm. there's nothing for kids. So for families, there's nothing, right? So we'd gone in there and I'm like, mate, yeah, 15, 16, 17 through that time. 
loved it, you know. And I love my parents for taking me in there because it was like they let me learn, you know. I don't hate them for it. I can't blame them for it, like partially, (laughs) partially. I won't be taking my daughter in, but anyway, it's just, uh, (laughs) yeah, and hopefully by then – me and Nick Xenophon are going to team up and, and put a put an end to pokies okay, in pubs. Yeah, so you're that's a plan. A pretty big advocate yeah. for that massive, now. massive, massive. Yeah. Put them in the cast, all good. Hotels, pubs, everyone get together. Put your phones down and just what it used to be: karaoke, pool, darts. Fuck man, like everything about the pub when I was a real little kid was like everyone was there and you're playing games and it was a laugh and everyone's sharing stories and stuff yeah, like that. that now it's just like, oh yeah, I'm going to put a bet on this race. I'm going to put a mystery bet on, or I'm going to go quickly, you know, slap 50 bucks in the pokies. Shit, man. That's, mm. that's half a person's day. Yeah, it's all place. about you and the screen yeah. now, not, not about the community. 100%, and you yeah. shut everyone else off, man. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's scary. Like it's scary. So when did those bets start to get bigger mm. as you got older? Yeah, just as I just as I got older, um, you realise that you know if you have say if you go in with twenty bucks and you win a hundred, then you can start betting a dollar spin. You know, like that's just how it is. Every pokey player knows that that's how it is. You know, you progressively work your way up, and then by the time I was um, by the time I was nineteen, I'd finished up playing with Westies. Um, and I'd move, I got offered to go up to Darwin and play in Darwin. And that's when the problem really started to, because I was lonely, mm. right? So I moved up there. I had my teammates. I had a good job. I really enjoyed my job working at Subway. Um, but I. But you had a certain amount of time that needed to be filled. Yeah. In. Yeah. I had every night, like I, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I had a housemate. I didn't like my housemate. It was a bit of a goop. <laughs> he was an umpire. Yeah, he was an umpire. <laughs> Bloody hell. So I lived with an Bloody umpire. Umpires. Oh my God. He used to dress up in his umpiring outfit and do like sh- holding the ball in the lounge room, bro. It was the most like. He sounds like a laugh, man. <laughs> oh, bro. Tim Powell, if you see this, no, you're a good dude, man. But seriously, he had his sweatbands on, boots, like he had his shoes laced up. It's passionate. And I was like, I fucking got to get out of here. Yeah. I got to get out. I, so and you I'll wanted a place. Pub. You wanted a place yeah, to and be. I be. And I found a local like down the road, man. I just mm. found a local and. Um, they're just good people, man. Like, I just found good people in the pubs. Lots of characters up in Darwin as well. Like shit, some of the stories. A lot stories, of money to spend as well. A lot of money to. Oh man, that was the thing. They're like out in the trawlers. The guys on the boats, they'd come in, they'd work, I don't know, six weeks, and they'd come back for two weeks with, fuck, man. Like I'm talking like probably twenty grand in mm, their pocket. Just burn it. And they're just like they don't have a wife, kids, nothing. And they're like, they they stayed and lived at the hotel Winelli. They lived. At the hotel when they're back. So they're only back for two weeks. And they'd go in there. And um, I ended up, eventually I ended up working at the Winelli. So I knew all the boys. I knew the manager, everything. Uh, it was a titty bar as well. It was so good. Uh, uh, but they had, um, the guys would just wake up in the morning. They'd get their bloody Mary. And then they'd go straight in the pokies. And they'd mm-hmm. open the doors at 8 o'clock for them. Right? And they'd play from 8 o'clock till 3 a.m. in the morning when they're close. Right? I'd be there from most nights from 9.30 to Oh, bro, like 9.30 till midnight. And if I didn't have anything the next day, I'd stay there a bit longer or whatever, have mm. a few drinks. But it would be just what I could afford. Like I would run out of my $200, like, you know, probably in two hours, but I'd linger and I'd hang with the boys and I'd be like, 
I'd be like coming to, you know, like, you know, the support. If you've ever played the pokies, anyone that's played the pokies, you get around a dude that's got free games or he's about to get a jackpot. He's close to getting a jackpot. You get around him. Mm. And we're all like a crew. Like I was, I never went away on a ship. I'd get seasick. I'd be hopeless at that job. But I was like the fisherman, man. But I was just hanging in there. Yeah, so yeah. you liked the camaraderie. I liked the camaraderie yeah. and I, I found friends in a pokey room. And that's the truth. Like you do. Did you think that you could beat the system? No. Or did, did you deep down know like, you know, I knew every time. Win. I knew every time I was losing. I knew every single time I played the pokies, I was more than likely going to leave with less than I went in. Yeah. With. And how often did you leave with less than you came in? Uh, ninety-eight percent of the time. Yeah. Ninety-eight percent of the time, and that isn't without hand in my heart. Mm. And I would have played pokies. This is going to be. This is going to blow your mind, but whew, I reckon probably four times a week at least for ten years. Mm. And with the amount going up each yeah, after and the, the amount going amount up each time. time, but it was just what I could afford. I got mm. a big contract for football where I, I was earning a thousand dollars a week, and that was just like pff, either drugs or pokies. And the pokies, it wasn't about winning for you. It wasn't about nah, the money. nah. It, and that's it. It got to that point. It wasn't. It wasn't. What was it about? It was just having it was, somewhere to belong. It was there, but it was a habit. It was my itch, you mm. know, like, because I could do dope. I could smoke dope whenever I wanted. I hid my gambling from everyone. I didn't hide my drug taking, my alcoholism from anyone, right? I, I was, because I was, you felt like that fit your, the persona yeah. you wanted to be, but the yeah, gambling. Yeah. The gambling was I was ashamed of. You got ashamed of yeah. it, yeah. Uh, to an extent, like, I'd, I'd play with mates. Like, I would play with mates, um, you know, we'd go into syndicates together and stuff. Oh, we'll put 50 bucks in each. Yeah, no worries, 50 bucks. For me, I'm like, yeah, 50 bucks, bro, yeah, whatever. Mm. Um, and I'd play with them and then everyone would leave and I'd leave at the same time. I'd go. And then go back in. <laughs> I'd drive yeah. and I'd come back in. Bro. Yeah, yeah. And I would sit back on the machines that we lost on and I would probably pump another 200, 300, 400, 500. It's like, man, mm. I lost 6K in a sit-in, you know. 6K just like in half an hour. And when you were sitting there after losing that much what was going through your head? Um, oh, dark thoughts, man. Like, yeah, what was driving it? It was just, it was just like, nah, you're gonna, you're gonna come out clean. You're gonna be even. I wasn't even chasing like a bulk win, you know. I wasn't even chasing a bulk win. You know about the bulk win, mm. but I wasn't chasing that. I was just there because it was like that rush and the and the chance of winning the free games. And in the free games, you can get times three times five like a massive win it's just like that feeling is cool but even when i did like i won some bulk bulk mm. things like people if you if you know pokies like shogun right so on shogun i'm betting nine dollars a spin that's at the stage i was at and i got three games and then i got all substitutes across the middle and i think it ended up being like six grand or something it was like but then i put it all back in yeah i put it all that's back that's how in, it goes man. this is how it goes i didn't have the power in me the the discipline in me to walk away bro that's so bad i'll think about it now yeah oh and like, that's what it's, that's what, it's what it would do for on. my family now and like i'm doing renovations extensions lucky i could do it myself but that's just materials like i could buy so many materials with that mm. and build my house man like yeah, but at that time you didn't have a house you were trying no, to build. I didn't. I didn't have. You didn't and have, I didn't have to answer to anyone either. You didn't That's have it. a good enough reason yeah, yeah, to not do yeah. it. We'll talk about it later, but bring this up. But it's like I know how to get out of it. Like I know how. And you need to have the honest chats and you need to have someone else see your bank account. Mm. 
that's all it is. Yeah. And I think it's, it's something that for people who've never done it, it just seems like the dumbest thing in the world, like pokies, right? Because yeah. you're like, you know you're not going to win. Even yeah. if you're doing it, you know you're not going to win, but you're yeah. doing it anyway. I know. Because yeah. you're getting high off it. Yeah, it's the endorphins. It's yeah, adrenaline. That's, that's it's the right. Adrenaline. And that's, that's the, the answer. The fear of loss, the fear of defeat, the fear of... And, and the thrill of winning. And the stimulation of the, yeah. the lights and everything. Yeah. And then also a lot of people like it because it's just their escape. They yeah. want to go and sit in that yeah. room to get away like from where, from wherever they're You're gonna see getting some, away from. See your homies in there, man. You're going to yeah. see newfound friends, people that are struggling as well. Like I'm, I'm a deep person and I have deep chats with a lot of people that I don't know like mm. we're doing now. Mm. But they're at their lowest point there and they're gambling their money. They shouldn't be gambling. But they're there and you, and you talk to them, I'm like, how are you going tonight? And they're like, not great. Not great. But that's yeah. everyone in there yeah. after, a, after a certain amount after of time. After a certain amount of time. There's no one who's been in there for yeah. any amount of time that's yeah. doing well. <laughs> Is there? But no, there's so bro. many people doing it, man. No, no. And I'm, I'm... I know. The, person, the only person that's winning is that hotel manager, man. He's watching you. Mm. If you Next time you're in the poker room, just look up at the cameras because someone is watching you. And that's the hotel manager. He's like, thank you. Ching, mm. ching. Thank you very much. Like not, and it's like, and everyone thinks, oh, but I only bet fifty bucks. I only bet twenty. Mm -hmm. I only bet ten. Mm -hmm. Man, that that adds up. Man, to some beautiful it, amounts of money. Yeah, it does. And that's like, unless you break it down like that, and you you, if you say you're doing it for fun, you need to check yourself. You need to check yourself mm. because it's. It's a it's a silly man's game, man. You better off. I tell you right now, the best thing, and I wish I did. I wish when I had my big win, which we'll probably talk about. I wish I just bought a machine. Straight up, I wish I bought myself a machine, because I had a little um, crew we could have had at the we could have had at the club. I had a little club. <laughs> we could have had at the club, and boys could have played it and got their fix from it. Everyone wins, you know. Whatever you put in, I'll make sure you take home, you know, and get that little bug but i never did it man i was always just like nah, of course it. you didn't do it i would just feed it feed it feed it mm. hit it from my girlfriends like i had girlfriends through those times as well and it wasn't ugly because i knew that every week i was gonna be every tuesday i got paid right or every saturday i got paid for footy after the game mm. every tuesday i got paid for my job so i was like i got paid from footy disposable income Right, so I had bulk coin. I had nothing before the game started. <laughs> I had to play well. It inspired me. If I played well, I get an extra three hundred bucks. So I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna kill it today. <laughs> and one year I got, you know, incentives for kicking goals. So ten dollars a goal. So I just try and hog as many. You were goals. really motivated for I was the right super reasons. Motivated for the right reasons. Yeah, I was like, you know, footy players chasing a contract. They're like, they got their money straight up. But I was like, I needed that money. Like I had that hunger in me because I needed that money. So you could so piss I could it party. up the wall. Yeah, so I could piss it up or rack it, you know. <laughs> no, but that was just, that was it. It was, uh, that was the cycle for a long time. But there was, there was no care in the world. I didn't feel bad because I was like, I didn't owe anyone money. My rent would always come out on the Tuesday. So I'd, I'd make sure that every bill, rent, um, phone bill, fill up the car, you know, stuff that I needed to taken do. Care was of. just taken care of. So was, you were like, what else savvy. am I going to do with yeah. it? Yeah, mm. but I would be broke every week. Like now, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I don't gamble. I'm I'm still living a very good life. I love my life. I, I'm filled with fun, but none of those three things. And I'm not paycheck to paycheck. I'm saving a grand a week. You know, mm. like it's 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 because that's where the cost the comes discipline. in. Discipline. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah, you have responsibilities as you get older, but the responsibilities are there. You just don't see it. Well, you have to choose to take it on. Yeah. 
you know, you always have the choice to go and build something for your life or change something or, yeah. or find a better reason, but mm-hmm. it's just whether you're open to it or not. Mm. And, and no one else can do that for you. Exactly. So. You have to find something yeah, that means to enough find. to you. Yeah. Yeah. You find it within yourself. And if you do that by yourself, you have, if you can um, overcome an addiction by yourself, you're a super, super strong person, right? Very strong person. I've been blessed to have my wife. Like my wife is just everything like, Yeah, through all of them, you know? Yes, yeah, so like, you, you haven't like, done it alone. Yeah, I haven't done it alone, no way. And now my daughter's here, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, she's, you know, that's that motivation to keep on keeping on. That's you your know? reason. To keep the, that's the reason. But at the end of the day, it, it all comes down to me because she's not with me. My wife isn't with me every minute of the day. So to not smoke cigarettes, is like, you know, it's hard because I'm like, Because you could do it. And I see them having a dart and a coffee, and I'm like, oh. Oh. And you know you can get away with it. And I know I can. She wouldn't know. Well, she does. She thinks she knows every time. She doesn't. <laughs> She'd know because you'd give it away. Yeah, I'd, I'd crack. And now, yeah, yeah, I'd give it away. I'd be acting weird. And she's like, what's wrong? <laughs> and you'd be like, definitely not smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I, no, I'm smoking. I mean, what? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you know. So when did you, like, how did it develop from there? When, you, when were you losing, like? Okay. Big amounts all the time and it started to actually make more of an impact. All this came to head. So I've pretty much talked up to where I was with footy. Footy was earning me that money, that that um, disposable income. Um, anyway, so I'll go to the story of when I had my big win. Right? And uh, this is when the problem became big, like huge. I yeah, I used to play pokies at my local, the Victoria Hotel in Shepparton, um, Victoria. It was a Tuesday night. I've gone in, last $10.00 pokies has to be you know and i was getting paid the next day so it didn't matter going to the pokies ten dollars straight in the machine you didn't need to change them into coins over that it's just notes which is dangerous mm. so ten dollars in the machine one line uh, so one uh one bet whatever credit 20 20 lines it was a dollar spin anyway i get the f- um, free games in the first spin free games in the free games and the last spin of the free games um i win the jackpot all right so the jackpot in South Australia maxes out at probably 10K at a local pub. Over there, my jackpot was at $48,586.45. I looked up the other day. Off 10 bucks. Off $10, right? <laughs> but this machine had been like crediting like for eight it months. It builds up. It builds up. It's four machines linked together and it had this um, jackpot. It had this mad dog jackpot at the top. And I remember seeing it. At, this was at just before Easter, right? So this is where the story will come together. This happened at Easter and I remember at Christmas time just before Christmas I was there and I was heading back to Adelaide and I was like oh my god like that will just that's going to make this going to go off at Christmas it's going to make someone's Christmas and I'm so happy for them but when I got back from Christmas holidays still gone then anyway I won it just before Easter and I was just like this is that's the feeling right oh I get chills like thinking about like that was like that was the feeling that I probably wanted you know what I mean like but you never actually expected it. I never get expect, it. never expected it. You always want it and you're like, what is it going to take for me to get it? And you, you know, it runs through your head a million times. If you play the pokies like I did, you think about it when you're laying in bed. You, you, it's in your dreams, you know, like the games in your, in your dreams. You, when I won the jackpot, it just wasn't real. It was, it was a dream. It was a lucid dream. It was like I was there, but I, it wasn't actually happening in real life. It's like flying in your dream, you know, like you're like, yes, I'm the first man to fly. When you win a jackpot like that, 
you feel like, yeah, it's not real. Anyway, I got pinched by like 20 people because they're like, they were just like, yeah, it's happened. You, It's real. It's happened. All these like old ladies and nanas are just like, oh my God, I was playing that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure you will, love. Yeah, sure you will, love. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll buy you a drink. No, no, I didn't have any money. That's the funny <laughs> thing. The funny thing is all my machine to my name was in that fucking machine. I did not have a set. So when the, uh, the hotel manager comes over and just checks it and goes, well, there you go. Um, here's the information. You've got to take all this information down to Tatsoto in Melbourne. So I had to get this form and I'm like, well, can I have some money now? And they're like, oh, sorry, but we can't. It's all in here. It's in the paperwork. And I'm like, I don't have any money to buy a drink, bro. So you like, I couldn't like... go to, I was flat. I was, when I say I had my last $10, I had my last $10. I had to borrow money from my housemate. I was like, my missus was there. I didn't want to borrow from her. I never borrowed money from my girlfriend. I'll borrow money from my housemate. He'd come down and we had a night. But you'd gambled it all the way to that point. Oh, yeah. You had nothing left, yeah. Yeah, I had nothing left. Yeah, so yeah. from week to, that was my week to week. So you went from nothing, nothing. to like I went from K. zero to 48586 cents. That's what it was instantly, right? Or no, I had to wait till the next day. <laughs> and then three days for the check to clear. Uh -huh. So I was just- You were itching. I was itching. I was like, oh, I was living like a king. Anyway, but after three days- So what happened when you got it? when the problems- really started so you have forty-eight thousand with a horrible gambling addiction yep a drug addiction as well right you know drinking i was playing really good footy that year as well like i was on that was the year i had incentive like goal incentive um a couple of weeks before i kicked 14 goals eight so i had a very good splurge that weekend who were you playing i know <laughs> <laughs> the team were the team were terrible that year. They ended up killing us the next year. It was weird, but yeah, because they all got put on the incentive. Yeah, they got on the incentive. So like the club ran out of money, probably paying up me and the other boys. We won the flag that year. We had a killer team. So so you year, on so a, that was a memorable year. Two thousand and nine. You were on a pretty serious high. I was high every single day. Right from that day, I was high every day, and it wasn't just like a high in life. I was getting high every day. You know. It turned into my housemate loved gear and we partied. Like I didn't really sleep much. I just partied hard. Go to the pokies at 10 in the morning, slap 500, grab 500 out, you know, from the bank. I'd, I'd set up a long-term deposit, 30 grand straight in a long-term deposit, right? 30 grand, bang. <laughs> Remembering I won the money in, I won the money in, uh, uh, Easter, so you know, April. April, April. Come home that weekend was Easter. I had the money. I was rich. Celebrated with my family. Went to Oak Bank of all places. Mm -hmm. yep. Bet, won six grand at oh no six grand at the casino. Then I won bulk money that day at Oak Bank as well. I got a fit. I put fifty bucks on the nose of a horse called Happy Glen. Happy Glen. And you're like, Glenn. I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm bang. It's gonna make me happy. I put fifty bucks. I gave the bookie fifty bucks. He gave me the ticket and fifty bucks change. So it was a free $50 bet. The horse came in paying eights. It was like, oh my God, this is just ridiculous. So yeah. I'm just balling. So you're like, I can't lose. I'm balling. My whole family put money on Happy Glen as well. All right. Okay. So it was like, it was a day. And so then we went like, to the casino. Gambling loves I me. wasn't drinking. I was like, I wasn't drinking. I was just, I didn't need to drink because it was drink would bring me down and stuff. So I was just like, I yeah, just. Yeah, but you are you're on yeah, drugs yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. I'd, I'd be partying. And we went out to the casino and I've, I'm playing like three card poker and hitting straight flushes on three card poker, which is just fucking unheard of. I'm just bang, bang, bang. But this is just fueling the beast. Mm. So after that weekend, I'm up around 50, I'm up around like 58 maybe, but I had a wad. 
Like I had a wad of cash plus whatever was in the bank. So then go back to Shepparton and then that cycle, that horrible cycle, it was just like wasting, earning and blowing so much money. And more grand than before now. Football. So football was earning good money, around about a grand. My, I didn't. I quit my job, sorry, the next day. So when I won the money, I quit my job the next day because that's just what you do. I didn't have time for that. It was a shit job. Concrete factory, uh, concrete pipe making factory. So I quit that. With the idea of focusing the, more on the pokies? Yeah, pretty much, bro. I was on, no, no, I was on like, I was on, like, I thought in my mind, I, I had enough footy. money to, to survive on footy for the next decade. I thought I was sorted for 10 years. That's my mindset. Mm. I was like, I'm sorted. Like, even if I bet, like 500 bucks here and there on the pokies, da 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 da. I'll be right because I'm still earning from footy. I've still got this. I've got the, the long term deposit. My parents are like, that long term deposit would be great. Like in 10 years' time, you're gonna, that's going to be. You're like, that's going to be gone <laughs> real soon. No, I was confident that time that was going to be there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it started turning nasty. So it was bad. It was bad. I was in this. And when you're, back, when you're back in Shepparton and you were, you know, repeating that cycle, but did you go bigger now because you had yeah. all this cash? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I was, I was max betting. No, I'd never max bet. There you go. There, yeah, I'd never max bet before then. Only if I'd had a big, big win. You know what I mean? So when I won the 48K, that's when I started going the nines, you know, the $9 a spin or $10 a spin. And that's when your money just goes poof. Because over there, it's no like getting cups of coins. It's just notes, man. So I'd go in with a wad of, you know, 500. I'd go in a rubber band, we call it. So rubber band. And I'd just go put all 500 in one machine, bang, and just go max bet, bang. And, and it can go in five minutes, man. $500 can go in five minutes. It can go in two minutes, man. Honestly, if you get nothing, 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 two minutes, man. It's unbelievable how quick you can just lose money playing the pokies. At least with a horse. If you have a horse riding, like, so. You have the you have the build up. You have the build up. You, you got to look at the form and uh, look at the form and go, oh, the jockey, oh, he's on weight. Yeah, Make a big deal oh, yeah. of it all. Oh, it's a bit wet weather. Oh, yeah, I reckon I've got a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got no fucking. It's a bit of a process, especially yeah, if you're actually at the races. And then at the race, and there's a, there's a banter going around you. It's like a slow way of losing your the money. Pokies <laughs> just like, if you want to quickly lose your money, go play the pokies. If you want to lose your money slowly. Invest in the Bitcoin. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, um, if you want a, if you want a slow way of losing your money, yeah, go to the horses. But it's, I suppose it's a lot more entertaining the horses and sports betting. You know, it's it's entertainment. But my entertainment was in the pokies. You know, like, that's like why people play them. And this is this is the raw, uncut version of a proper pokey addiction, which I'm sharing. But yeah, from there it was just that's all I bet. I bet max bet for. Long story short, it was. Uh, Christmas that year, I decided to move back to Adelaide and I'd already tapped into my long-term deposit, all right? So 20 grand left. 20 grand was gone in, you know, that time, that short short space of time. Mm. No, it's not 20 grand though because it's 20 grand plus, plus everything footy you and, and all the things I want. Yeah. So maybe nudging 40 grand, dude, you know, horrible. Mm. So 40 grand and then got back to Adelaide to escape the pip, essentially, because I was like, I didn't have a gambling problem. I was escaping ice. So I got away from Victoria and Shepparton because of ice. And like we spoke about earlier, before we recorded, um, you know, lost three friends that next year to suicide, you know, um, because of the ice. 
the ice was the epidemic at the time, you know? It was worse than COVID, man, way worse than COVID. And I'm talking like when I was there, there was 90% 90, 90 of the people I hung out with were doing it. It was like drinking a beer. Mm. Smoking it was like drinking a beer. Yeah, and what, and it what like did you see that do to people? And what did it do to you? Oh, it's, yeah, it makes you superhuman. It's like, it's a, it's a crazy drug. If you've never done it, don't do it. If you've done it before, you know what I'm talking about. It's crazy good while you're doing it. And you don't ever want to lose that high because when you come down, that, that come down is just like, the come down is just so bad that you just don't want to feel like that. Well, that's the main reason that people yeah. stay on. And that's exactly right. And that's it. And that's like most drugs. It's like you don't want the, the pain and the come down. With gambling, you don't have the dirty come down, you know. You feel awful afterwards. And I've never lost a house, you know. Like, I, you know, I know people that have lost a marriage and lost, you know, houses and stuff like that. And I feel so sorry for them. But I never lost a house. I just lost. I'd lost everything that I'd earned. So you think you're probably lucky that at that time you didn't have stuff to your name, didn't yeah. have assets. Yeah. I had a shit Ford Falcon. <laughs> it was like I won 50 grand and I bought this piece of shit banged up old Ford Falcon. I could have bought anything. I was like, I didn't want an expensive car. I just wanted an A to B. As long as I can get to the pokies, <laughs> mm. you know, it was terrible. Like my mindset was awful at that time, and I didn't have my parents there to help me. But saying that, then <laughs> they might have been playing the dingers with me. You know, like it's just I didn't have anyone like sat me down and saying, "You will stop this." You know, look me in the eye and say, voice, "You will stop." That this. voice of reason. Just, the voice of reason. Yeah. My wife. Just, so my wife. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm not scared of her, but she's the only person I respect enough. She loves me more than I love myself. You know what I mean? Mm. And she would, if she was with me at that time, there's no way a cent, another cent would have gone for it. No way. Mm. Not another cent. If we had our like shared bank account and, you know, we lived the way that we live now, this is all hindsight, but it's like, if, if that was the case, then there's no way another cent goes through. She wasn't going to stand for it. But it's a life. Yeah, she wasn't going to stand for it, man. She would have left me. Mm. She goes, if you if you play, I don't want to be with you. You know, have more discipline. Like, think about it. And at that at that peak, you wouldn't have had the capacity for anything else. I broke up with my girlfriend, man. I Mm. I didn't have time. I I was yeah. You would have been distracted as you wouldn't have been interested in partying, man. I was paying for strippers. You know, like I was. I, yeah, I was sponsored. My football sponsor was the strip club in Shepherd. I was the, I was a mad dog. I had this ridiculous, like, I'm not like that now, but at the time I, like everyone parties, but I partied, right? Mm. That was like, and that was eight months. And that was your, eight your, solid your ego was like yeah. so tied up in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I, and I and had I was... this, like, had this old ego. And then when I was down and I was by myself, I was like, yeah, I was a low, like always like coming down from the losses of gambling, but then of the, the drugs and stuff. So normally Tuesdays, Wednesdays are war. They were awful. Mm, but yeah. people didn't hear about that no, or no see one, that. No one ever, ever pulled me up. The whole time in Shepparton, not one person pulled me up and said, you need to slow down. Mm. You know, not Especially a teammate. Not people a in your circle were having their own struggles. Yeah. And that's what it was like. It's know? normalized. I was, I was, I was surrounding myself with people that had this, that were doing the same thing. Mm, enablers. You know? And we're fueling it, bro. And enablers, I was like, yeah. and I would like, Mates were mates were pedaling it, and it was like I didn't want to pedal it because I knew that I would get in heaps of shit because I would just smoke the profit. I would be, but I, yeah, I just didn't want to get involved in that way. But I would hang out with my mates that were pedaling it, and yeah, it just it's just a vicious cycle, man. Like yeah, it's, so you're just surrounded by a lot of negative influences yeah, of that, and you yeah. were one yourself. I was, and like mm. I said, from an early age, like I was, I realized I was, 
I I corrupted young minds, man. Like I was bad. Like that was yeah. It's so bad. It's a big regret for you. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the biggest, definitely. Yeah, because you never wanted to hurt anyone. No, else. no. If you see what I'm like now, like I'm mentor. Like I wanna, I wanna give kids opportunity, and I'll be like, I wanna start. Like I have, I have dreams of starting an academy, Kuda Academy, Kick Up the Ass Academy, right? So it's just I got to kick up the ass when I was, you know, 26 or so. You know, got some shit sorted, and you know, I got to kick up the ass on someone I appreciate and I'll, I'll love them forever. Not what was wife, that kick up the ass? Just uh, a work opportunity, job opportunity. Got my apprenticeship. You know, got a reason. Yeah, a reason, a reason to to get up on a Monday morning and go for the grind, and you know, get a job and, and something outside after football, and something know? that you couldn't afford to be on a come down for. Yeah, yeah, I pushed it. <laughs> there were many a times <laughs> where I needed it a out a few times. There were bumps on the way to work because I was like, I'm not getting through today unless I have some more, whatever. Mm. But like, you know, we do that. You do that. So when you came back to Adelaide that time and you you were drawing on that savings account, so there was like thirty grand left or whatever, and you're yeah. trying to get up, get off the ice. Yeah. What happened then? Uh, it was hard, but yeah, I just I surrounded myself with the same people. Simple as that. But in Adelaide, just in Adelaide, mm -hmm. yeah, old groups of friends and 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 the football club. Like that's what I realised is that if you're involved in a football club, I'm not saying every single one, but every single one that I played with, and I played with ten senior football clubs right there was drugs there's alcohol there's drugs you know like whatever is whatever your poison is that was there you know with mm. presidents i did lines with the president you know I, I i smoked ice with my skipper you know like it just it's just that's just the, the club culture and and alcohol is kind of going on the back a little bit because mm. it's like you know alcohol just it's horrible for corkies <laughs> if i ever had a corky i'd be like i'm not drinking tonight i'm not drinking but i'd have a 10 pack of pills you know, like that's what it was like. I'll dance it out, you know, plenty of water, fluids, you know, stay hydrated. But I wouldn't, you know, that's like, what is that? I was that bad dude that was like 18 year olds that are coming through just like, come on, like, what are you up to? And they're like, oh, you guys, what are you doing? And I'm like, nah, you're too young. And I would be like, yeah, I'm, I, that's what I'm ashamed of. You were indoctrinating them into yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Shit person. Like a shit person, if and I, I will stead say I will say this, and to the camera, can I say it to the camera? Okay. If you're at a club, if you're at a footy club, it's all good if you do drugs, but do not share them with someone younger than you. Right? Do not share your drugs with someone younger than you that's never done it before. Let them figure it out for themselves. Do not share with them because that's just so it's selfish, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's obviously struck a big chord with you. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, because I did that, and it's like. If you pass that message on and, and if people get that, like some people are like, this guy's a wanker. I know, but I don't care. People will be like, this guy's a wanker. He's full of himself. Yeah, whatever. but you've been there. I've been there. I've been there and I've done it, right? And I was that jerk. I was that douche, right? So I was and that at, douche at, and I can speak of it. And at the that. time, like you, you don't see it the same way because nah, you're on it nah, yourself. You're, nah, not, you're it. not thinking clearly. And you don't want to be the bitch. And, you, and that's what it feels like, you know? I can't, and that's why I retired from, a big reason I retired from football. It's because I could no longer party like I used to, and I didn't want to. I wanted to be the family you man. You felt like that environment made yeah, you into that. Hundred percent. I have. I saw. I'm eight months sober of drinking. Mm. You know, like because alcohol, even two. I had. I had a beer when my brother debuted in the AFL, but I celebrated. And I had one, a couple of beers. Fair enough. Fair enough. And um, but I felt awful. Uh, anyway, but eight. No, I had two beers, and if I have two beers, it turns into like, okay, who's got coke? 
every that time. Turns into a monster, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like, I want to play the pokies. Oh, I'm going to have a cigarette. Straight up. Yeah. Not any ifs, buts, or doubts. My missus is like, can't. You could probably have one beer. And I'm like, actually, Amy, I can't. I've tried it for 20 years. So I'm 34 now. 20 years. I was pissing on and taking drugs at 14. So 20 years of going and never having control. I've got control now because I don't touch it at all. Mm. Hmm? If you want to quit something, you have to go boof. Anyone that says you can do a couple of beers, oh, good luck to you. Good luck to you. But for me and for a lot of people, you have to separate yourself from those circles. It's all about, and I wrote, I wrote a song lyric is, it's all about the art of separation. Just deviate away from those who drain your inspiration, right? That's it. And that's what I, I wrote that when I was still a, smoking weed every day and drinking. So I, was, I wrote that song talking to someone to get off ice. But now I look back and I was, how, I was so hypocritical. Now I can say it to me. So that song, and I have never recorded that song. So it's like now I can record that song and I'm singing it to myself. Fucking spun out. But it's like it's a message that I'm giving to other people, but ultimately it's so some, to myself. Man. Some like, part of you knew that back then, but yeah. you, weren't really, oh, yeah. you weren't ready to admit it to yourself yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah. But they say the gambling and stuff, it just, it just it plateaued at the $9 spin and I went back to, you know, losing everything. That money, that 30 grand went, you know, 18 months. It was all gone, mm. nothing to be seen, you know, like, plus all the others, all, all the other stuff. And but, so you, and you were just playing footy or you were you was, even playing footy? Then? Yeah. Yeah. I moved back to Adelaide yeah. and I was, yeah, I had a really good year. Like I played at Young Kalila. You were having to kick a lot of goals. Oh, then. I kicked hundred goals. Like, <laughs> oh, I was, you really wanted, I a, I really really wanted, wanted to keep playing. Man. Oh, bro. <laughs> I was, I loved it. And I love Young Kalila football club so much. They, they supported me. They charted my name and shit. It was like. I was like, it was the best feeling. That's the best football club I ever played at and I regret ever leaving there. You know, like that was... Yeah. You must have been good to have been so fucked up the whole time. I know. I was, so well. I was a gun. I was a gun. Yeah. yeah. But I just party. I was Brenner Favola without getting to the outfield. Yeah. I was Brenner Favola and Benny Cousins. Yeah. That's the best way to so describe what you, it. Yeah, when you see Ben Cousins' story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking, man. But it's... Oh, he's not alone. Like his teammates, like Chicky, and they're like, there's a lot of guys. There's guys that have died. Mm. You know, his friend, his, his old teammates have died, and um, I'm sure he's got friends that he played footy with as kids, and and people along the way that have just dropped off and done the same thing. Like he surrounded himself with um, people that wanted to do the same thing. But mine was my problems. I'm a fantastic actor, and I suppose because no one knew. No one knew the extent, you know, like the people I did drugs with, I did drugs with. The people I gambled with, I gambled with. The mm. people I played footy with, I played footy with and took drugs with. The people that I loved and I'd had the Sunday night roasts and dinner with, they seen me when but I was- But none of them had the full picture. No. Nah. Yeah, so no yeah. one, no one knew who I was. Not mm. my brother. Like that's why my brother called me Triad, a fake. I was fake. Did you Very, feel like, like that? Yeah. I, not at, mm, partially because I knew I was- I was hiding my addictions. Like I didn't, no one knew my addictions. So it was like, I was hiding them from everybody. Mm. So my parents and yeah, it's bad. And then like. It's a big weight to carry as well. Yeah. Like yeah, without it. even realizing it. Yeah. Or if you get used to it enough, then it's yeah. just sort of your life. And the, and the process to recovery started with losing the gambling addiction, which was when I first went to my psychologist, I was completely broke back to just like, back to just being um, pay to pay, you know, like. Like all the, the the big winnings are gone and I was just pay to pay like $1,000 a week. Went to him and I broke down crying and I told him 
I have a gambling addiction. And then he asked me questions, you know, similar to what you've done. And that's what I realized men's health and, and mental health is as soon as you talk about it. Oh my God, the problem's just like, I walked out of that first night, bawling my eyes out, man. Letting it all out. It was a beautiful thing. Walking out of there, just like, Phew. and I told my now wife that I'd talked to him and I told him to the extent, she knew that I was gambling, but she didn't know the extent because we didn't have a joint account. She didn't know the extent, but I told her she was upset because she was just like, are you really gambling a thousand dollars? Like she was fucking losing it. Pretty you know? worrying. Worrying because yeah, yeah. I'm hiding it. It's like, mm. what else is there? Mm. Are you, are you, and there was are you other seeing shit. other girls? You know, like, you know, she kind of knew that I was partying. She knew that I partied, didn't know how much, mm. blah, 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 but she knew that on Saturday night until bloody Monday morning, don't even bother trying to contact me. I was horrible. I was a horrible boyfriend, really. Mm. But talking to Rowie, Telling him I felt better. I still gambled after that day, but I gambled with a bit of like strength, you know, a little bit of strength where I walk out when I won, mm. you know, I never used to walk out when I won. I used to win and then put it all back and bet harder. Yeah. So I wa started walking out when I won, but then it still carried on. It took probably three years from when I've told Rowie that I'd completely, you know, I'd, I've got control of it to what I have. And was it other people knowing about it helped because they started to keep you a bit more accountable um, what was the key to actually kicking it, was it just there you go well, that, what i said earlier it's just knowing and one person knowing so amy my wife knew like how much i was gambling and then i'd be ashamed if i'd done a bit too much you know so then i had to pull the reins in it you know this week i can't do anymore because like we're saving up for this because you had so, someone relying on you that wasn't you yeah yes exactly mm. yeah so if you have a gambling problem what you need to do to get over your gambling problem is take the control of your money out of your hands. Not 100%, but you need to have someone else needs to know how much you're gambling. And as soon as one other person knows how much you're gambling, unless hopefully they're not big gamblers as well. You don't go and get someone else's bloody next new poker. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's I'll, I'll bet 500. Yeah, it's got to be um, your mum. Dad, some uncle, that's your keep auntie, you accountable. someone that's going to understand as well. Mm. Like someone that's gambled and has come through is a big one. Like someone that gambles that has control and you you feel like they definitely have control. Someone that's not going to judge you. It's hard. Like it's a hard one. How because, do you know you've got control now? Uh, I don't know that because I don't. I'm just not excited by it. And like you, I know, you do I know it at that all I'm. Now? Uh, I could. I I went on a holiday. Let's like, say so when I went up to see my brother play his debut we were out and i was with my wife and my daughter and there was a pokey room in new south wales and i was like should i slap 20 for it? and she's like yeah go on we're on holiday and i was just like how funny how ironic mm. you know what i mean i put it through lost straight away walked out and i didn't feel bad it's kind of like it's such a good thing to be able to do that you know and then the craving's not there like to go on and keep you know Go and get, oh no, I've got to get another 50 out. I've got to get 100. I've got to chase mm. that back. You know, I've got to owe the, oh fuck. And then you were so in that you didn't, cycle. Like, didn't have that feeling. No. Nah. Do you think though, nah. what, if, what if you were there by yourself and you did it? If I was there by myself and you and had I did a few it. beers and like, oh, yeah, it, that's still trouble. A risk? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm sober. Is that if I have two beers, I turn into the monster. I am. My mates call me Frank the Tank, but I am, you know, old school, you know, old school. Will Ferrell and Frank the Tank. Like if I have a couple of beers, man, I just, I just want to turn it up. And I am the loosest person. Anyone that's drank a beer with me or had a session with me, they know I'll get my dick out. Like I'll get naked. I'll get <laughs> naked a hundred percent. I'm not afraid of it. Little dick as well. Nothing to be proud of. Like nothing to show off. 
but I just get naked because it breaks all barriers and it's like, I can have a good time with this dude. You know what I mean? You like, want to be that. Yeah, I'm like, Part whatever. of you, you've just like, got that. If we're here to party, we're here to party. You've got that demon in you that yeah. can take it further than just about anyone yeah. else. Yeah. And there's probably some level of pride that used to be attached to that. If yeah. it's still not, that's mm. very hard to let go of yeah. being that ego. Yeah. And yeah. I am just completely guessing at that because I don't have any personal experience. <laughs> Yeah, I see it. You look like Steve actually, but I'm <laughs> I'm Steve-O that never got filmed. Uh, <laughs> I'm Steve-O before. That's like, the, the key, the man. Yeah, camp. yeah, yeah. I'm so freaking grateful. Probably... The only there's footage, right? There is footage, and it will come out. If I ever run for premier or something, I know I'm going to get shafted. But some of my <laughs> you homies, planning to run for premier? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no. Why would you? But like you know, if you ever make it or whatever, yeah, it's like, yeah. As soon as you make it, then all these things from the past mm. come up. Mate, I've said it. I'm I'm a, I'm an open book, you know. But there's at my bucks too, bro. I was just, I was amazing. I was amazing. I was naked. I was doing whack shit. I was doing weird shit. Like, oh, bro, that was bad. So, have you had to <laughs> let that that fun sort of loose part of yourself go yeah. completely? Yeah, it's all it's all a movie. But you're still a character. You're still yeah. you're still yeah. that guy. You're yeah. still full of a lot of life. Yeah. Probably in some ways and certainly in a much healthier way mm, 100%. Than, than before. So I retired from football and I got into the best thing possible. Mm. Musical theatre. You know? It's a different sort of space. Yeah. I'm still like playing full forward. It's like you're the star of the show. You feel like you gotta put on a show for everyone. As soon as I'm on the stage doing musical theatre, I love it. You know, like I just it's my home. And I'm able to be loose without taking drugs, without drinking. And, you know, you don't have to laugh, but I feel good. Yeah, so it's another know? form of expression. Yeah, it's a form I think of people expression. wouldn't have guessed that from you. From, yeah, no. From watching this that you're No, no. But you, you are a But it's rap, like you're, I rap. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not beautiful music. Yeah. Like how? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's musical theatre, but it's like hip hop spoken word. It's like, it's expression. It's just, you can be someone else. So I've always wanted to be someone else. I've got these characters inside me in my mind from when I took lots of drugs and I've written it down. But I've got movies for days, ideas, synopsises, like everything for these ideas. And it's like, I've got a lifetime to fulfill them now. So I've got all this thoughts and stuff like that. Now that I'm, I'm actually practicing what I preach and I'm going through with stuff. So if I'm going to do it, I can do it sober. Mm. You can do things without the influence. Do you want to be yourself now? Yeah, I am. Like, I'm so like, now that I've, now that I've stopped the drinking, I'm like, wow. I've actually surprised myself. You know what I mean? Like, because stopping ice is like, that's hard. That's really hard, right? To stop ice because you need to lose a lot of friends and you come down, it's awful. To stop um, smoking dope, that's hard because I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love the high. It's like my favorite thing, but I stopped it. Stopping cigarettes is easier because they stink and they're disgusting. That's what I keep telling myself. But alcohol is the hardest. You know, gambling, gambling. Is in there amongst it, but alcohol is so it's hard because the culture—it's there, it's there. Yeah, you're gonna catch up. Oh, do you want to catch up for a beer, Dundas? Do you want to catch up for a beer? And I'm like, don't drink. Do you want to catch up? You know, and I feel like some friends don't want to see me anymore because they don't want to put me under that pressure. I understand that, but it's like that is the hardest one in this Australian culture with no religion behind me. Mm. You know, like because I say to people, I don't drink. They're like, you're a pussy. You're a and bitch. You're like, mate, let me tell you some stories. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Yeah, look, I've I've done enough partying and maybe I will drink, you know, in the future, but I just, I can't do it now. Like until you have control and it's like, yeah, I could happily go walk through the casino without urges to go and spend heaps of money. Because mm. I know that if as soon as I spend, my missus will get a notification and be like. <laughs> so it's it's obvious to me that 
the main part help. of it was that you you needed a bigger reason. And it's, yeah. so when you had that from your missus and mm. then now from your child, yeah. that is what's inspired you to want to be this man that you are yeah. now for yeah. someone else, like for yourself 100%. as well, yeah, yeah. but because yeah. it's bigger than you. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that is a common theme for so many people struggling with whatever they're struggling mm -hmm. with. If you leave it just down to you and you you feel like you're the only one that you're hurting, yeah. lots of people don't love themselves enough or care enough yeah. to, to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. And, and another, another huge one is, um, uh, like leading, like leading. And, and so if I say I'm going to drink, I say it and I'm loud and I'm proud about it. And, or if I say I'm going to stop doing something, you know, <clears throat> leave from the front and, and inspire someone else to do it. You know, I'd love to, I'd love for someone to be able to say, look, your story inspired me so much. I'm actually going to stop now as well. Like that would give, that would make me so happy. Like that would make me so happy, man. Cause I know that they'll do the same. Yeah. And, and you're in the else. position where you can now talk about that because you've been yeah, there yeah. and that's the key. People have yeah. to have been there for yeah. others to actually listen. They can see in your eyes when you're yeah. talking yeah. that you get it and you have taken it as far as it can be taken yeah. and that you found a way out of it and yeah. then they'll listen to you. Yeah. You're not going to listen to someone who hasn't been there. And, I, you know? and the government trying to say like, don't do drugs. How, how the government say like trying to get kids to stop taking drugs. It's, it pisses me off beyond belief because in the same breath, there's advertisement everywhere for alcohol and gambling and gambling, mm. right? So you're telling kids and you're saying that cocaine's bad and it's like ice is bad and, and marijuana's bad because you're not getting a tax from it, mm. right? Alcohol is the problem. Just, this is all I want. This is all I want. And I'll, I don't want to run for parliament or anything, but I will stand by this. I'll say all advertisement for alcohol should be abolished. You don't need to advertise. Everyone knows it's a bottle shop. You don't need to have these pretty adverts on TV saying this is the most refreshing drink in the world. It's like, we know it's refreshing, but water's dope. Like water's so good. You know, water's so good. It doesn't need to promote itself. Feel me. Do you understand what I'm saying there? But alcohol and gambling have got this like free reign. Mm. It's like William Hill and, and all these ridiculous like, oh, you bet. It, we're going to give you $2.50. We'll give you money back and bam. It's like, but gamble responsibly. It's like, for bro. Yeah, I want to punch the screen every a, time I see it. It's such a throwaway. Yeah. It's like everyone knows. You know, I hate right. that there's so many people employed by it. So I don't want them to lose their jobs. Like keep doing what you're doing, but please, like I wish this is what I will probably push forward in, in the future is to abolish any advertisement towards gambling and these horrible addictions because people will kill themselves because of these addictions and they allow these addictions. And then people will be like, oh, shut up, mate. Like, just don't do it. Just don't gamble, bro. It's not It's not, it's not like that, it's man. Not it's not the point. the point. Yeah, It's not the point. If the government are real and they really honestly care about the youth, just abolish the advertisement, the big billboards with alcohol on it, like promoting how good it is. What do you <laughs> think about just how rampant gambling is especially sports betting now for young men like pretty much everyone who knows on yeah, it because, of, because yeah. we love sport and it's it's all through all sport and it's also mm. normalized and it's so easy because it's just like on the phone like people aren't going to go down to the tab like you used to have to but mm. it's just like bang on the phone yeah and it's just you know it's, it's the attitude is not like oh watching a watching a game of footy or whatever yeah um just to watch it it's like oh you're not putting First a bet game. on like mm. put, not putting a bet mm -hmm. on is like weird it is out of control it is so out of control. And if I hadn't my gambling problem now, I'd be caught up in it so bad. It's just gross how accessible it is for kids underage, for, for anyone. 
for anyone. And what do you say to the, the people that you mentor or just to any young guys listening to oh, this? Mate, just show, um, if you're gambling, just make sure someone else knows what you're doing. You know, keep, try and keep you honest. Just don't feel ashamed, like, but just tell, like, just tell someone, you know what I mean? Like, just tell someone, yeah, man, I had a bad loss. Like, I had a bad loss on the weekend. And you'll feel better for it. And you'll learn from that mistake. And you'll learn not to go that hard, you know? Like, that honesty. That honesty will save you in the long run. The honesty will save you from ending your life. You know, I don't want anyone to, I'd hate the thought of someone to end their life because of a, a gambling, but it's the same as drugs and alcohol, man. Because you get yourself into such a big hole. And now with credit and pay, oh my God, like credit card, betting with credit cards, man. And like, and the government giving people 10 grand, like it's like tapping into your super and people gambling with that shit. That's when there's an issue. Because that's what people are doing. And like people have told me, like mates have told me, they're like, I've just had a hell of a time. Like, you're not going to get an opportunity to take super out the rest of your life. So I took an opportunity. They bought a TV and they went hard and partied and gambled and did whatever. Shit, man. Like, I just hope that someone sees it today and it's just passed it on, you know? That's what it is. Yeah, I think people are going to believe it coming from you. And because um, it just it has so much impact. Yeah. When you can, I can see talking to you that you feel it in your soul that it's mm. had such a massive impact on yeah, you. Man. I think yeah. it's so impressive. Um, how you are now able to be so reflective mm. and honest about it and know, see it for what it was, but also not feel like you need to carry that for the rest of your life or that you you, yeah. you always had to be that person that you managed to get past it mm -hmm. and you can reflect on it and learn from it and use it to help other people now. It, it's not, it doesn't define who you are now, yeah. uh, but you also have the, the bravery and the, the level of care to want to mm. actually tell people about it and, and use it for something positive because it needs to be heard. Mm. There's a lot of people in that situation. It's you're not, not, what you're it not was. unique. You yeah. Know? It's not what it was. It's what it is. Mm. Right. So you're not what you, what you were. It's what you are now, man. Like, live, you know, and you can move forward and you can always overcome these things. You just need to open up, just talk, man, and cry. Like if that's the message, it's just open up and tell someone, tell someone what you're doing. That's it. Thanks, man. Cheers, that is it. <laughs> if you're a fan of the work we're doing or have a suggestion for the show, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment. You can follow Young Blood Men's Health Matters on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit our website, youngbloodmedia.com.au, to stay up to date. And most importantly, if this conversation resonated with you, share it with someone you love. 